What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, welcome back into the podcast that we like to call From the Podium, where you hear directly from your Kansas City Chiefs. I'm host and audio producer of the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, Stephen Serta. On Thursday, the Chiefs return to the practice field to continue their preparation for Sunday's matchup against the Buffalo Bills. It was coordinators and assistant coaches day. We heard from offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy, defensive coordinator Steve Spagnolo, special teams coordinator Dave Tobe, as well as defensive line coach Joe Cullen, defensive backs coach Dave Merritt, and quarterbacks coach Matt Nagy. We'll go in that order, starting with Eric Bieniemy, followed by Steve Spagnolo, then Dave Tobe. After that, we'll take a quick timeout. When we get back, we'll wrap things up with Joe Cullen, Dave Merritt, and Matt Nagy. Here's Eric Bieniemy. Hope all is well. Um, I thought our guys did an outstanding job when faced with some adversity early in that game and finding ways to overcome some adverse situations. Uh, I thought we had the intestinal fortitude to overcome it, and our guys found a way collectively to come away with a victory, and it was an, it was an impressive team victory. Kudos to the, uh, the Las Vegas Raiders. I thought they did an outstanding job. But I'm glad we found a way to drag our asses across the finish line together. <laughs> With that said, I'm all is. You guys faced the Bills a couple of times last year, and they look like they made some more improvements, type particularly the pass rush, I guess. But what, what, how do they look different this year than last on defense? You know what? They're looking good. Obviously, you can't go without taking a peek at Vaughn Miller and everything that he brings to the table. Obviously, in, my, in our opinion, he's probably a, a future Hall of Famer that does an outstanding job. Here's a guy that's had a lot of success in his career, and obviously he can share some of that wisdom with some of the younger players that he's playing with. Uh, but that defense is, is, is strong. Obviously, they have a great head coach in Sean McDermott. I've known since 99. I've also known the defensive coordinator, Coach Les Frazier, since 99. We even worked together in Minnesota. So I know the system in which they implement. Those guys do a great job of implementing it. On top of that, their guys go out there and play fast. That's the impressive thing. And they very seldom, if at all, make mistakes. So it's about our offense going out and out executing what they do schematically. Eric, what is it about your team that has this propensity to keep coming back from double-digit deficits? What have you seen from Patrick specifically that just knows that he just really raises this game up a notch when that happens? Yeah, so first of all, we, we always talk about and discuss just living in the moment and making sure that our guys understand the importance of today. Tomorrow can't happen if we don't take care of business today. You know, it's just like today. Today is about situational football with the short yardage and goal line, uh, our third down. Those are the emphasis, and we understand those are important pieces to helping us to obtain the victory on Sunday. But we want our guys to focus on that today. Live in this moment so we can give ourselves the best opportunity to go out and execute on, uh, on game day. Now, as far as talking about Pat, Pat does an out, a, a, a heck of a job of just his preparation and how he prepares, his mental preparation, you know, as far as studying, knowing exactly what type of schemes we're seeing and what to anticipate. 
But on top of that, the way we physically practice, we practice at game speed. You know, everything is about going full speed, giving our guys an opportunity to uh, make sure that we're rehearsing what we expect to do on Sunday. And so, you know, we have a great head coach. We have a great culture in what we do. So we like where we're at, and it just gives our guys an opportunity to live in the moment because of their mental and physical preparation. And that gives us the ability to go out there and play. <laughs> you don't like spotting teams 17 points, but our guys understand it's all about living in the moment. We can't come back unless we take care of the next play. And that's by far the most important thing. And then we can focus on the next one and keep it moving after that. You guys are clearly mixing running backs. Clyde has had his games. Isaiah had his moments last game. It was Jet. Fair to say that, you know, in the committee, it's kind of hot hand. If the guy's playing well, we're going to keep riding him. Oh, yeah. I, I thought Jerick did a, a great job of just setting it off. You know, that 30-yard run or so that he had earlier, that set the tone. That set the tempo. Picked our guys up. It was the, the spark that we needed. And... uh from that point on, obviously, Jared contributed and did a heck of a job. But it was good. It's always good when you have a good group of football players that, you know, love and respect each other because they understand, hey, he just made a play. Let's, let's keep riding with him and see exactly what unfolds. So it was, it was fun to watch. But on top of that, we also know, hey, next week or this particular week, and it could be Clyde, it could be Pacheco, it could be Burke. It could be Pat making plays with his legs. It could be McCall. <laughs> so next man up. Yeah, as, a, as a former player, you know what it's like to play in games where you're not 100%. That appears to be the case with McCall. Just how do you use your coaching and your playing experience to sort of get him to be effective, even if he's not touching the ball as much as you guys maybe would anticipate if he is fully healthy? At, at, when it's all said and done with, our job is to make sure that our guys understand the expectations. Our goal is to win. And so regardless of whether the numbers or touches are coming to you, we're a team. And so you guys have heard me talk about this before. We don't talk about numbers. That's not the important thing. It's about what are we going to do each and every day to help us to obtain the most important alphabet in this business, and that's a W. And so... We just want our guys to make sure that they're doing everything under the sun, mentally preparing themselves, physically taking care of themselves, and doing whatever they need to do, whether it's in the training room or in the weight room or in the cold tub or whatever, also taking care of business while they're at home. And so regardless of what role you know, players may seem to have or not have, every role is by far the most important because they're helping the piece of the puzzle. They're helping us uh, to basically come together and make this thing go. I thought McCole did a heck of a job this, this weekend. You know, probably one of his better games that he played, you know, this entire season. I, and the thing that was impressive more than anything was what he did when the ball was not in his hands, just some of the perimeter blocking. Those are the things that stand out, not just to me, but to us as an offense. And those, and those things help sparks us. I think in the first half, the numbers were three sacks and six pressures. And the second half is one sack, one pressure. They do something to surprise you. Uh, is that just part of setting them up with the overall play calling scheme as to why they were so effective early and you got a hold of it later? 
I like to say we set them up. <laughs> but you, <laughs> they got game records. Those guys, and, and give Josh McDaniels and Pat Graham their credit as well. And those players, those guys played their tails off. Just like I discussed last week, Crosby is a game record. Chandler Jones is a game record. Those guys did a hell of a job. And, you know, that defense, you know, they, they, they did some things that not so much caught us off guard, but they were just playing better than us. Our guys finally settled down and just lived in the moment and finally said, you know what, let's just play this one play and see what happens. Then we'll line up and play the next play and see what happens. Our guys started getting in the rhythm. We started living in the moment. We wasn't stressing anything. We just found a way to play one play at a time. And when it was all said and done, we found a way collectively to win it. And then philosophically, going forward on fourth down, you know, we saw McDaniels go long, right? And mm-hmm. that affected. So often teams are just, they want to get that first down, and they don't use that whole stretch of the field. Like, is that a part of, I know you guys are fairly aggressive when it comes to going forward on fourth down, but is that something you have to remind yourself? We do have the whole field. And what was your reaction when you saw him? take that shot when he you know, didn't have to go down there. Well, it, it, and here's the thing. In this day and age, it seems like everybody's being a little bit more aggressive these days. So we, we expect it at all times because when it's all said and done, when everybody wants to give themselves the best chance of winning, and re- regardless of what the numbers said, if they're feeling pretty good, 9 out of 10, they felt that they can get it done. So they didn't get it done, but our job was to make sure that we can finish the game. And I thought that we did an outstanding job of doing the little things that we needed to do to help us to accomplish the goal. You use the whole field, though, on fourth down? Oh, yes. You, you have to. You have to. And I don't want to give all the, 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 the secret sauce away now. <laughs> Last two. I know uh, you guys got the ball kind of four-minute offense, got one first down, then didn't, didn't get it done to get that second one. I couldn't quite see a good enough replay on the second down play. Was there room to cut back for Clyde to make that third and shorter? And, or just what was your feeling in the way you guys performed in that four-minute offense? As a former running back coach, you'll always hear me say, there's always an open lane somewhere, and there's somewhere to be found where we can make something happen. Uh, like I said, I'm going to give credit to where credit is due. Those guys defensively did a hell of a job. Obviously, would we have liked to have been better? Yes. Clyde would have liked to, to do some things a little bit better? Yes. But kudos to them. They did a hell of a job of making the play, uh, which gave us an opportunity to kick the ball to them and see our defense hold up and just make plays and end the game the way we did. Like I said, I thought it was a great, outstanding team uh, team win and something that, you know, uh, that is uplifting because our guys did a great job of overcoming adversity together and sticking through it. And that was the thing that was uh, impressive about it this past weekend. We've talked before about the fact that you're going to get everybody's best shot, that they're most emotional investment each week. For you guys, it's hard to maintain that for 17 games. So how do you as a coach manage that and know when these guys need to be pushed, like a, you know, a couple of weeks ago, and when you need to back off and just let them figure it out? We remind them every single day. They hear it from me every single day because we know it's just because of the success that we've had. and. We know that we're going to get everybody's best shot. And the only way that you can remain ready is by working the way we do. And so we have to physically and mentally prepare our our guys to make sure that they understand this is probably going to be the the most physical game, uh, the most (laughs) um, 
physical and, 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 and stressful game in a sense, whereas you're going to have to overcome all issues that we're going to be faced with. But our guys understand that going into this week, just like they do any other week. And so when they're faced with that, that's why we don't, we don't stress when we're down by X amount of points. It's all about living in the moment and making sure that our guys have the ability, the capability of coming back when under duress. Thank you. VCU? Nice. <laughs> Whatever tight he's got to wear it, yeah. Uh, listen, I got nothing, nothing open to say. We're excited about playing Buffalo. We know the challenge we're facing. Maybe the, we know it's the stiffest challenge uh, we probably had to this point, and hopefully we'll be ready to uh, match it with that all opening up. Steve, I asked you last week how <clears throat> game plan changed once uh, you got up in Tampa big early. Right. So now the other side of it. Did anything change? Uh, this past week, once you got down. Behind? Uh, not really. I mean, it was um, now nah, it was grinding. Look, at that point, you're trying to, from the defensive standpoint, right? It's trying not to let them allow them to get any more points on the board and let our offense get going. Uh, no, I mean, listen, it's burr up and play ball. They they scored on the fourth and one. That was you know probably a bad call on my part put the guys in a tough situation, so it's a quick one out of the blocks there. And then I forget how the other ones happened. But, yeah, we were down 17 nothing or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, we got to grind away at that point. Um, nothing special other than stick to the game plan and let's play better. The fact that you guys have been so good at coming back from big deficits like at a quarterback, does yeah. that make your job a little easier in those situations? I'm not sure it does to be all – I mean, listen, that's, that's great to have, but when you're behind – I don't think our job's any different. It's not like we sit there and say, well, we can, we're down 17 to nothing. We can afford another 10 points because Pat's going to score. I mean, it, that's not the, I would say no. I mean, it's nice to, I, I will say this. I mean, easier to I, stick to the game. Yeah, I, I will say this. I know these words have come out of my mouth. You know, you go in at halftime and we're down. Listen, guys, we just do our job. We know our offense is, a, you know what I mean? There is that. So I think our guys have a lot of confidence in if we can, get it back to balance by us keeping them out of the end zone or off the scoreboard that, that, that our offense is going to do something to come so down. What do you tell Chris Jones now after that play the other night and your other pass rush? Do you stay away yeah. from the quarterback? No, <laughs> I, I hope not. Um, listen, there's plenty of videos out there that the NFL gives us on the right way. I show them most every Saturday night, not always uh, tackling the quarterback. It might be... DPI and what we're supposed to do. It might be what we're not supposed to do and hold. I mean, we have a, there's a two or three minute session of that every Saturday night. So we're always just pounding the rules and got to follow them and do them better, I guess. I mean, I, listen, I'm not going to comment on it because no. it's over and done, but yeah. I feel your frustration. No, I'm just, yeah. just wondering what, um, at what point you worry about your guys maybe backing off a little bit. That's a good point. That's a good point. I hope that doesn't happen. That's yeah. Penalty. Probably a lot of things are going to be. Penalty. Yeah, I hope that doesn't happen. I hope we keep playing. Steve, your run game—you obviously hold the team to three yards. In. Yeah. Josh Jacobs comes in. Yeah. Uh, what, what's kind of what are you trying to address with the run defense? Yeah, team? listen, they—I give them a lot of credit. We actually did anticipate that they were going to run some of those downhill eye runs. Uh, I thought we'd do better against them. Uh, if you go back and 
listen, we can always do this. I can make myself feel better by saying this. You know, the 37-yarder, if we don't miss the tackles, it's a 7-yard gain. And uh, there was a 13-yarder in there. And there was a 20-yard in there. We got out of a gap. And if we tackle it, you know, so then all of a sudden I do the numbers and it's not as bad. But if you're going to give up three, it was either th our explosive runs are 10 or more. And if you're going to give up three or four of those, you know, that's going to add up. Now, I believe, um, if, if I have it right, on at least two of the explosive runs, we were able to at least hold them to a field goal, which is a semi-win, um, because usually those explosive plays lead to more points than that. So there was a positive to take from that. But I certainly hope we're better against the run game. This what about the thing from the other night? The last play of the game, you had guys cramped, hurt, and some guys who had not been in the game at all. What's your kind of fear factor when you've got guys who haven't been out there trying to make that play, and how proud were you that they got the job? Yeah, I was very proud. Josh Williams over there, you know, I know the two receivers bumped into each other, but Josh did a really good job of pressing number one to kind of help create that. Um, we didn't blink. I can tell you that. We were just calling what we thought was the best thing to win that down at that time and just having the confidence in the guys that were in there to execute it, and they did. did a nice job. What do you learn when a team, for their own circumstances, goes to six offensive linemen and how that may change, Yeah. in particular with the run game and maybe some play action involved? Yeah, I mean, we anticipated it. We thought maybe they would do that because um, there's a lot of teams in the league now. You know, tight ends are uh, sometimes better at catching the football and running routes and blocking, so a lot of teams are doing that. We were aware that they were coming in. We thought we were calling, you know, defenses to address that. Um, didn't quite execute them like we wanted to, and maybe we've got to have a better uh, plan on that. But that's always in the, you know, the back of our mind or in the forefront. I mean, the Bills could do the exact same thing this coming week. Coach, this may have been a better question if, if Rashad was a little healthier, but has Jalen done enough to keep his role in the rotation, you know, had Rashad. Uh, he's certainly done enough to be in there somewhere. I mean, he's, he's, he's proven that uh, he deserves to be out there. You said Trent, yeah. Um, and we'll see how that unwinds. But um, it's, it's nice. You know, sometimes there's a silver lining, right, to the injury we had to Trent. We didn't want that. Uh, but we found out a little bit about Jalen, and, and that's a good thing. I tried. I tried. Rashad, uh, it seems like things just haven't been going his way. You know, he's tasked to guard the best receiver out there. What's yeah. the conversation like with him? Uh, nothing. I mean, listen, Rashad's the type of corner that you know, his confidence doesn't get shattered, and he'll go back out there and play it the exact same way. You know, both Rashad and Jalen in the game had instances where they got to play it a little bit better. I was talking about these NFL officials videos that I show them on Saturday, and they do show the right way to play in those. And, you know, they got to look for the football. Now, we, we talk about that, and hopefully we get better at it. Kind of challenges uh, Diggs and Gabe Davis. Yeah, um, <laughs> what kind of a challenge? Uh, ultra, ultra tough. I mean, they got two of them, and listen, the guy with the ball in his hands that's firing it to him is pretty good too. Both vertical guys, both guys that uh, you got to be concerned with with the big play. And I think Josh Allen's always looking for the big play, so it's like on every down. It's not like a third down thing. Um, you know, hopefully we maintain our depth and don't give up the explosive passes because that's when. You know, the explosive passes and the explosive runs lead to points allowed, and our biggest focus is just on the points allowed. That's the biggest thing for us. coaching points against Josh Allen when you know he can get you deep, but also is like basically a, a running back. In yeah, be deeper than the deepest. For the, really, for the guys on the back end, for the hold down, because he extends the down. And the guys up front, be relentless in your pass rush because 
he'll hold it and run around back there. And if you give him a half a second and you're not relentless, he's going to you know, uncork one deep. And then it becomes a jump ball. And the two guys that you just mentioned are really good at it. And it becomes a challenge for the back end guys. Uh, where, where's your philosophy? And it looked like maybe you sneak, kind of maybe trailed a little bit late with Devontae Adams. Yeah, we did do I, that. I know you lose a little bit of you know, the disguise of things when, when you do that. But yeah. Uh, that, I mean, it's a good observation on your part because we did that a little bit last week. We pick our spots in games, before games. Dave Merritt and I are always talking about it. Um, that's the one thing about LJ is he loves a challenge. So when you say, hey, go take that guy, he's more than willing to do it. So going forward, we'll see where we are with the other teams. And how would you tell him to look for you? Yesterday you know, wasn't a full-speed practice, and it's been a bunch of walkthroughs, so it's hard for me to – decipher that right now. We'll have a better idea after today. You mentioned Josh Allen kind of scrambling around, but they, they do some straight runs with him as well. Yes, uh, quarterback designated runs. A yeah. lot of those runs and usually big kind of play yep. runs, right? Third downs. Yeah, they're usually in critical situations, right? And then he's done them, he's done them against us here. Um, early third and twos or fourth downs. And listen, we're game planning, hopefully, to, to stop it. I'm sure they'll have things off of that. Uh, he's, a, he's a beast. You know, running with the football, he's big. Jumped over LJ. Um, we were watching that one this morning. I don't know if you guys remember. I can't remember if it was the playoff game or the. But he's a he's the real deal. I got a lot of respect for him. He's really good. Last two, Matt Hill. What have you learned the last few games about Darius Harris? And when Willie gets back, you know, what is kind of a, a spot for him to roll for? Him? Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know we've talked about Jalen, um, but Darius certainly has proven that he deserves to be out there, and that we all have confidence in him, and we have to go to him. Um, you know, I think we talked about this before. I was, we were always uh, very confident in his mental aspect of the game. He's shown that. And then he has shown up in his tackling. Um, he gets better and better. And, again, maybe there's a little blessing there, too. I mean, we didn't want to lose Willie, uh, but we did. And now we have a better idea what, what uh, Darius can do. Coach, not to keep bringing up the deficit from last week, but if you get a deficit against Josh Allen, it's not huh. a knock on Derek Carr, but it might be a little harder to come back and read was saying yeah. yesterday that Pat was kind of the guy who kept everyone from without getting panicked on the offensive side. So who who's that on the defensive side? Who's the player who keeps everyone in that knock? You know, I, it's, I think it's kind of a group effort. Um, you know, I know all the coaches are involved in that. Or I do think, and going back to the point we were making earlier, I do think we all have confidence that our offense can find a way to eventually get some points. But at some point, you know, we can't allow it to keep creeping up. Um, I, think we all, I think all the players kind of take it. I can't really pick one out. Uh, Nick, Nick, obviously, you know, is a leader. And some, a bunch of those D linemen. And Legarius is kind of a voice of reason on the back end. One's been really good there, too. So. Thanks, everyone. Good. Thank, Thank you. you. I appreciate it. Harrison looked yesterday. Good. He looked good at practice. Uh, you know, we're going to practice him again. You know, it's day to day, really. Uh, we get both guys ready and we'll make a decision probably how much, at the end of the week. I feel good. I mean, I, he looked good as long as we don't have any setbacks. I mean, we'll just we've got to keep working him and we'll see. You know, we're not ready to say, yeah, he's in. You know, we've got to wait. But. He looked good yesterday. Specifically speaking, does he have his multiple step? Yes, he's, he's back to his normal uh, steps. Yep. Less swelling, no swelling. Oh, that I can't. I can't speak to that really. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. You have to ask Rick that one. I don't know. Just, this, uh, just to be clear, there's no chance that he's not coming back this year, right? There's not like oh, we're looking at it and they're 
might be surgery. No, he's coming back. He's okay. coming back. Yeah, yeah. On uh, question. from the game on Monday with with Matthew on the, the 59 yarder, take us through all that decision making. Because right. I think before the game, I don't think he was kicking on that long. And no. you said before his range was yeah, I'll, way I'll take less you through than it. that. I'll take you through it. Uh, his range was a 35-yard line in a regular game situation. And I told Andy that at the end of a half, like that situation, we could probably try to bang one, probably 38, 39-yard line, you know, which would be like a 56-yarder. Uh, you know, it ended up being 59, uh, so it was like that questionable area. So you know, we Andy called field goal, so we run out there, and then he, you know, he Pat came up and said, you know, I could throw a hail mary from here. So that's what we called a timeout. So that's why we call it a time. Well, we weren't trying to freeze Matt. We were just calling call a timeout to decide, do we really want to kick, try this field goal, or do we want to go uh, Hail Mary? And, you know, they asked me, what you, I said, he can make this. You know, we had the wind at our back. That's why we, did, we deferred and kicked off the other way. So we had the wind at our back in the second uh, quarter, um, you know, going into the halftime for that particular kick. So I said, he can make it, and, and he came through. So that's, that's what went down. How much does a, you know, to, to the distance do you have to help as a guy like a different club, right? Like the different. Yeah, yeah, it's a different. Yeah, it's a different spot on the ball. You have to hit it. You know, you have to. You know, you don't hit it as high. You know, I mean, you want to hit it a little higher so the ball drives. You know, you don't want to get underneath it to where it's you know going up short. So it's a little bit different, and he handled it great. He he, it wasn't a high kick. It was a drive kick, and he put it down the middle, and it it barely got in there, but he made it. I mean, it's it's unbelievable that he's got the record. You know, it's it's pretty cool. What was the emotion like? I mean, what did that do? I mean, because it, it was a big lift. It was a big lift for our team. I mean, you know, twenty to ten is better, and then we knew we were getting the ball in the second half, so we were all talking, "Hey, we, we get the ball in the second half on offense. Let's go down and score." Three point game is as bad as that was in the first half. It's only a three point game. We go down and score, and that's what we did. There was a. The call I got called a defensive holding on the field goal that he missed late in the second half yeah. on the Raiders. Mm -hmm. Pull and shoot. Yeah. Is that, I'm not asking you to talk about that particular call, whether it was right or wrong, and obviously it was a relief for you guys, but what's the mechanics of you, you've got to coach guys not to do that because they look for it in some situations? Yeah, it's, um, you know, everybody has different techniques that they use to try to get free up guys. Uh, you know, you can't be blatant with it. Sometimes you're, you know, you're going to drive a guy you know, subtly pull pull him, but you can't blatantly pull a guy out. And I think that's what they saw. And, and it's a it's a call. It doesn't get called very often, you know. Um, you know, we were fortunate that it got called in that situation where we missed a field goal. That was a big deal. That was a big one. Okay, guys. Right. Thanks. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. 
everybody's doing well, and I appreciate appreciate everybody coming out. We got a full house, and with that, obviously, we got a great opponent, a tough opponent. The Bills coming up. Uh, they're a great football team, and I'll open it up for questions. We learned a little bit last week about the wagon. <laughs> what can you tell us about the wagon, and and why is Colin Saunders that guy? Well, the wagon. Let me tell you this. So it's just it's just an old saying. It goes back years about hey, you got to pull the wagon today. You got to pull everybody with you, and it, you know it's just a something we do in our group, just a leadership thing, leading drills. And, and Colin, someone we put on that way back in OTAs, and he's been doing a great job, and we're going to leave it with him. Do I see him more productive this year? Just is it he's healthy, or, or what can you point to? Yeah, I think, you know, last year, obviously, he was injured, and, uh, you know, he's been, he's, been, he's been working hard, and, you know, the injury probably uh, set in with him last year, but he's healthy, he's strong, he came back in great shape, and uh, he's working hard at his craft. What kind of season would you say Chris Jones has had? Chris, I think he's had a dominating season. I mean, he's playing, you know, obviously he can keep improving, but he's, he's playing the run, he's playing physical, he's making impact plays, and, uh, you know, he's doing a really good job for us. One of those impact plays obviously was controversial last week when he caused the fumble and they had the roughing call on it. When you saw the play happen, when you saw the flag, did you think that's what they were going to call? What was your angle on that? I'm not asking you to criticize the officials. No, I never think they're going to call roughing the passer. But, uh, you know, those are hard hard judgment things. You know, it's it's when you look at it, you slow it down. You can change every call if you, if you could. They have a hard job as well. And we try to educate our guys. Coach Spagnola does a great job. Coach Reed does a great job. We try to tell them where to hit him in the strike zone, the body weight to roll and not land. And, you know, it's one of those things. I mean, the ball was out. The official made the call, and you got to go on to the next play. So you have had to teach some technique things, and it's kind of been a moving target over the past several years? Yeah, I'd say when the, when the rule came in about landing on him, you tried to say you want to hit him in the strike zone, just like a baseball umpire, and roll after you make contact within one step and then be able to roll off of him. You know, A couple of roll calls the other way now, though, right? Is it getting harder and harder? Yeah, you know, it's just, it's just you just got to keep coaching it. Joe, Chris has kind of said that you've, your arrivals kind of uh, – he feels like it's helped his game. Are the things you've worked on with Chris to make him maybe more consistent, more productive than, than he already was? Well, Chris has done a really good job working, uh, leading the group. He's done a great job trying to, he's a big guy, so keeping his pad level down, things like that, striking blockers, you know, he's, he's improved in those areas. And I think he's just really working hard. Uh, Derek and I, there was a couple of double teams. They, they ran kind of the same play straight at him a couple of times, and he's, Trying to take on two guys, I know it's not easy, right? But is there a technique or something he could have, you know, is there a different effort? Does somebody have to see that rally help? Well, you know, when, when, you, when, you, when we talk about double teams, you want to be stout, not get moved. And, like, you know, like, for instance, a couple of those runs broke out. There were three of them that broke out. Like, it's all 11. You know, the front's got to play square. they got to play stouter, play with better pad level. Just like when, when a bomb goes over somebody's head, well, the rush got to be better. It's, it's all 11. And there's certain things that, for the most part, he did a pretty good job on the double teams. There might have been one he got moved and uh, just, just staying lower and striking better. Two more. With Tershawn going down, what are you going to be losing with him? And, and what makes Taylor the guy for right now? Well, I'll tell you, Turk did a, did a phenomenal job. He's got a great motor. Doesn't say a lot, but he, you get the same consistent effort every day. And he made a lot of plays. I mean, sometimes that are hidden, hustling downfield, getting pressure on the quarterback. We'll, we'll really miss him. And it's a next man up league. So, you know, anything can happen at any time. And, and Taylor's a guy that's worked hard, played in this league. And 
we're fortunate to have him, just like Danny Shelton. So Malik had to play. You just the next man up, and I think I think Taylor or Danny would be ready to fill that role. And Joe, with with, um, with Frank, we understand he's had an illness sort of situation mm-hmm. the last couple of years. Just how have you tried to manage that, and how productive do you think he can be with sort of you know Carlos Dunlap rotating behind? Well, I think Frank, you know, Frank was on his way to having a phenomenal game the other night. I mean, in the first quarter, he had like three impact plays. Him and George shared a sack. I mean, on the, on the sixth play of the game, he had a TF felony. He made a great play on the on the, on the the check where they tried to run the option. It's just, you know, that's something that he's had throughout his lifetime, and it's just managing that. And then being able to roll him with Carlos has been great, and, and now getting getting Mike Dana and, and George, you know, like we've been doing in the rotation will only help him. But, but Frank's done a really good job, and he's, uh, like I said, he was on his way to a really good game. Thanks, everyone. Thank, Thank you, guys. You looked out there in the final play of the game, <laughs> and you know, Josh is out there trying yeah. to make a play against one of the top wide receivers. Lee, did you have a little nervousness for him? Or? Not at all, because um, that was one of the reasons why we drafted the 6'3-and-a-half corner with the long arms, is to be able to play that type of coverage when it's a critical situation. And for the young man to go out there and to execute the press technique the way he did it, I mean, it was, it was, it was really nice to see. And so he's up again this week, so let's see if we can stack it. How much confidence can just like just one play like that mm-hmm. in a huge leverage moment yep. be for a young player? Big. I mean, so the other day we were actually showing our two minutes and um, showing plays, and right before we started talking about the two minute, actually Don D'Alessio put Josh Williams' play up on the board, and he just basically showed everyone, hey, this is what you want to do if we call man to man, and. That was, you know, a big moment for that young man in front of the defensive group. Of course, he started grinning from ear to ear. So it builds confidence for sure, especially against a player like Adams. How did McDuffie look in practice? You know, yesterday we were just kind of, you know, going through it pretty slow. Today would be a great test to see him go and pick it up full speed. And I asked him, has he opened up and had full speed um, bursts? And he said yes. So it's going to be interesting to see today. Realistic to think he could play yes, on Sunday? Yes, I, I think so. And um, I know Coach Reed will be able to um, answer that better, but um, I'm praying and hoping, my fingers crossed, that he's able to go out there. Mentally, it's got to be tough for a young guy to finally get a chance to play yeah. in the NFL and then all of a sudden he can't for a while. What's yeah. he been showing you in the meeting rooms and, and all that stuff that makes you feel like he's going to jump right back in? The fact that he continues to take notes and I'm calling on him, asking him question because, questions because everyone in the room, I tell them you all are starters. Everyone's a starter. So don't sit here and think that your number cannot be called. And McDuffie, from the day one of his injuries, he has been in the meeting rooms and he's been taking notes and he's been able to answer the questions for the game plan. Um, And one of the things that we do um, in the DB room is we give each young player a segment of the game plan to go study. And so one of his segments is first and second down and third down study and so he's able to give feedback to the room so he's staying on top of it. Well, is it is it harder for younger guys to get the zone concepts uh, especially on pre and post snap and just how do you feel like that's gone through these first five games? Absolutely that's the hardest thing to teach the young guys is the zone concepts because when you're going from two to three to four um, those guys are trying to remember and execute the techniques based based off of alignments and splits. 
Um, it's easier to have guys just go play man, although it's not easy as far as defeating the guy in front of you, but it's a little easier. That's my guy. I'm good. But zone concepts, condensed splits versus wide splits, 3D clue technique versus 3D press. And so all the little zone concepts are a lot tougher. Is there a successful moment that you can sort of reference to? And is there more moments where you're, you're sort of on yeah. the night wondering how it's going to factor? Yeah, I'm going to be honest with you. I think when you look at McDuffie and you look at even Jalen Watson, some of the zone techniques that they've executed as young players in this league, switching from two to three within the down, um, you know, there's a couple of plays that I could easily reference. And I'd love to make a cut-up for you, but, hey, these guys have been in positions to understand. And one of the things I'm proud of is it hasn't been the MEs on the back end, the mental errors. And so that's been big. You know, I even showed them clips today of Allen running around, scrambling to throw downfield big plays and staying with your man. And so, but when you're talking about zone concepts, I mean, these guys have done a great job of understanding splits and what these receivers are going to do off of their releases with type of formations. Uh, how, how hard is it for the, you know, when you got a guy like Josh Allen that's going to run around, make plays, and, yeah. and also when he does come out of the backfield running, yes. you're not, you got a freight train coming at you, right? Yeah. It's sitting yeah. a little little guy scatting around. The safeties to try to stay home and not yeah. maybe bite to come up yeah. and. Extremely hard. One of the things that I spoke to the entire defense about today as we presented um, third down was I went through game one all the way up to this game and I talked about each quarterback and specifically went down and talked about the number one picks that we've played against. The one guy who wasn't a number one pick is a Hall of Famer, the best quarterback to ever play the game that we played in Tampa. And I said, so all these guys have a skill set that we have to understand that they're going to bring to the table. Okay, what is Josh Allen's? His skill set is he has probably one of the strongest arms and then when he starts to run, if he sees an open lane, he's hitting it, no hesitation. And so when you get in that situation, whereas he's running at you, um, you have to make sure that you tackle him properly. And so, and this is a big man at 235 pounds, whatever the sheet may say, the guy is big. Um, but you have to make sure you hit him in the strike zone, which is, of course, chest down to the waist. And so, but this this young man is, has, has a tremendous skill set that, I think he's probably going to be one of the best that we've faced thus far. So we're looking forward to the test. Uh, they turned over a few times. He's got a, a few picks here or there. How hard is it to trick him into getting to throw it the wrong place? Is he there? Like you know, Brady's really hard on that, obviously. Is, is he up in, the, in that area yet? Because I don't know if he gets enough credit for stuff like that. Uh, you know what? He is because, one, he has such a quick release. And um, when he sees and he knows what he wants, to, when he knows where he wants to go with the ball, the ball gets there very quickly. And so whether you're doubling the guy, or whether you're playing zone, sometimes he'll just zip the ball in there knowing that maybe he should not have made that particular throw. But his arm is so strong that he's able to actually get the ball in places that most quarterbacks cannot. So as far as tricking him with coverages and things of that nature, um, it, it is pretty hard. You want to disguise and you want to sh you know, do certain things, but they also have an element to the offense where it's a little tempo. And so you have to make sure that you're in position to be ready to make sure that you can get to your spot. But um, 
smart young man. Again, I think he's probably going to be the best that we face this season thus far. So, all right. Thank you. Getting down double digits is a burden, as you know, for a lot of teams, but it hasn't seemed to be a problem for this one. Yeah. I mean, you guys come back from double digit deficits twice already to win this year. Why? What is it about this team? Yeah, it's a great question. Well, number one, we don't want to make that a habit. Uh, but number two, I think what it does is you always talk about building identities um, schematically and trying to learn who you are. But then as a team, too, gelling together and going, being, becoming resilient, which this team has done over the years, uh, which I think is very, very impressive. But to be able to now use that with new players that you have on the team and show that you can win those type of games is going to be so huge for us down the road as we try to get to where we want to get to. Um, for me, what I think is really neat to see is the fact of a bunch of guys that don't panic, um, look for solutions, stick together. Not one single person points a finger. Uh, everybody's just trying to help each other out. And again, like for me specifically, being there with Patrick and the rest of the quarterbacks, it's, it's really um, special to be able to see how he gets going when things aren't going really well. It, it's, it's like he creates an edge. He, he, he creates a motivation within himself to not just be a leader, but then to go out and do it on the field. And you feel that, and that's what he's been doing. Can you give us an example of maybe what you're talking about, what he maybe did the other night? Well, I think we all saw and we felt it where you, you could kind of feel that one drive before our first touchdown drive. We got the ball going a little bit. We were getting some positive yards, and there was a little fire going. You could, you could sense it from the crowd. You could sense it from the players. You could sense it from the coaches on the, on the sideline. Um, but then it gets a little chippy, too. And, and sometimes um, that's, that happens in a lot of games, but sometimes when you're down a little bit, you might make that chippiness feel a little bit more than what it is. And I'm not saying that he did that, but that can be a part of how you do create that edge and you get going. And I do know on the sideline he had some fire going, and, and it's a good fire. And that, for me, is where um, you can – it's infectious. You feel it, and it doesn't just happen and in, in, um, permeate to the – players too but to the coaches and it gets all of us going. So there's just a different dynamic in those situations yeah. when, when Pat, because of what Pat brings? Yeah because what he does on the field you know it's you can talk about it but then do you do it or what do you do about it you know and we've been seeing for since the day he's taken his first snap here in, in Kansas City what he can do he makes special plays and um, now he'll be the first to tell you he needs his guys around him to make that happen and he does but at the same point in time, um, when you have somebody that's that's, that, that is that positive, that believes at any point in time um, we can score points whenever, however, whoever, that's what he believes in, and it's infectious, and it's contagious. You, you know, we got down early fast. The good thing is is that we had time. We had the rest of the game to get that back, and that's what we did. Matt, it, I know it's it, – remind me if this is correct, but you have one game. In 17, where you saw Pat yeah. during the course of a game. Yeah. Now you have five. Obviously, this is in five years past that. But just what's it been like for you to watch him kind of, I guess, communicate to you guys what he's seen and being part of the solution and, and mid-game adjustments? Right. Um, well, that being his first game in 17 as a, as a rookie, you got to see the on-the-field quarterback of what he can do physically uh, from his throws to being pulled out of the game 
uh, to then me almost getting fired and him going back into the game uh, to uh, uh, <laughs> to going back in and leading us down the field to to win. And I say that because I was a part of uh, uh, trying to get the other guys in there just to kind of get in and get and get out. But Patrick came back in, led us down the field, and saved my job. And and so, uh, but till now with where he's at, um, it is different. And that's because of all the experience that he has and. Um, he sees the field so well for, for, you know, now being in his fifth year. He sees defenses so well. And so when he communicates on the sideline to us as coaches, um, the game is slow to him. At that point in time as a rookie, the game was probably fast. And so the communication was different. But right now he's on a different level. And it, it do, every game so far that we played, the second that the game ends, he, he celebrates for about two minutes. And then the first thing he says to us, meaning the little quarterback group and, and myself and, and Coach Girardi, is uh, it's time for Buffalo. Or it's time, whoever that next opponent is, it's time for them now. That's next. And so it's like he's wired that way. And he's, 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 he's on a mission right now in a good way. And it's, it's one week at a time. And that's what I think is really good about what, where he's at. And then Sometimes he ran along those lines. I think we saw he said, like, he's calling out cover zero pre-snap. He's calling protections. Like, I don't know, but just tell me pre-snap. Where, where is he at? What are you seeing? From well, I think you probably saw the one play where he's taking the snap and he's pointing to the guy on the left as he's dropping back. Sometimes you don't make the, the, the right call, whether it's the center, the quarterback, the coach, whoever it is, and they're going to get you. There's, there's good schemes out there. And, and when you know that as a quarterback, as the ball's coming back to you, that you're going to be hot or that you're not going to have somebody slide into that guy, that's where he's at. And, and, but that doesn't just come because um, – He's, he's always been that way. He's worked hard to get to this point. And I think going back to the original question, back to his rookie year when he was learning how to do the cadence, he learning how to understand how our protections work. To right now, I mean, you know, it, it's, it's hard to trick him uh, with coverages. It's hard to trick him with, with protections and blitzes and that sort of thing. But that said, he's obsessed with being great to make sure that no one can get him. Now, there's going to be times. Um, and when they do get you with a blitz or they do get you with a coverage, if it's a blitz, you got to know where to go with your hot throws. If, if it's a coverage, you got to respect the football and you can't, you can't make a quote unquote bad play worse. I think that's the other thing here that he's doing is his decision making right now is, is, uh, he's protecting the football. He's making great plays with his legs. He's extending plays, which he's always done, but respect and protect the football. And it's at an elite level right now. To, to that point, it, it feels like his, his best throws may be when he's flushed around the run. Usually that's opposite. Do you have any rhyme or reason? From no, that's always been him from the whole way back to Texas Tech. I mean, you were, he, was, he was doing that there. So defensive coordinators, you know, I know because I was a part of it and heard him talk that they do get scared, scared to death when he's outside of the pocket because he just makes so many plays happen and he's, he's comfortable being outside the pocket. Inside the pocket is where he's, he's growing and he's doing great with his feet, his timing getting his timing down with the, with the routes and concepts of these new receivers. Uh, that I love, too. We work on that every day. And there's some games this year that he's had where he's been really good with ball security, pushing up, pushing out. But his eyes are staying second, third level. They're not going to the D-line. And that's not easy to do. So there's little parts of this game that he's really doing great with. But, again, the beauty of Patrick Mahomes is that he always wants to get better every single day. There's never He does not take a day off. And that's what I love most about him. Is it, is, it, is, is it better coach to, to coach him backwards versus conventionally? Like you're actually trying to coach him 
in the pocket more so than like all the rules, all the things that you're supposed to do when you're out. Yeah, the he, well, he does so much um, naturally that I think yes, to that point when when you're able to coach off of your your feet, whether it's a hitch, whether it's a slide right throw, right slide left throw left, whatever it is, um, it's it definitely makes it easier for a coach and. Um, he's, he's just, he cares about footwork. He cares about timing. He cares also about extending plays with his legs because he's good at it. So coach Reed does a phenomenal job at teaching all of us and him of how we want to, uh, balance that and make it exactly how we can get it. So we can score as many points as possible. As a former quarterback and a quarterback coach, yeah. now, where are we at with roughing the passer in this league? Is that <laughs> a good spot, bad spot? Well, I just, again, um, uh, I'll follow up with what Coach said uh, again. You know, it, it's for for all of us. I think we want to be able to, whatever it is, just get it right. And it is not easy for these referees and these umpires to be able to see things. But um, whatever the rules are, that's what we go by. And uh, at the same point in time, um, you know, we uh, we understand how how some of the players feel too. So. So there was a combination of kind of post game and Monday between Patrick and Travis and Andy. There was a conversation about Pat maybe kind of telling the offensive line, "Hey, if you, you can step it up, we can get it done. We, we like what we see going on downfield, but if you can step it up." And Andy's phrase was, "His closet's clean, so he can do that." <laughs> what does what what a clean closet look like in, in, in the world? Yeah, well, that's a good question. I don't know. I, I'd have to, I'd have to ask Coach on that. But I do know this: being a former quarterback and being around Pat and and the O linemen and all the protection meetings that we have with those guys is number one. He has so much respect for them and knows that if he doesn't have an offensive line, his job gets very, very hard. And and vice versa, they know that if they give them time, their job gets easier because we're we're putting up points and making good plays. And so, uh, you have to have that in this league. And the the great teams that have you know, unified O-lines and quarterbacks, and they understand and speak the same language. It's hard to stop. And those guys have worked so hard to, to be great there in the, in the pocket for Pat and then in the run game. And there's a lot of communication that goes on. And, um, you know, they, those guys get together on their own and do things. And when you have that, it's really, really good. Thank you. All right, take care. See you. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.